0: Consumers worldwide are now demanding sustainable packaging. Is your brand ready? At Smurfit Kappa, we use our global experience and local knowledge to create innovative packaging for the biggest brands. As a global leader in sustainability, we can help you find the solutions which are right for your business and right for the planet. Join the sustainable evolution. Contact us at smurfitkappa.com. Smurfit Kappa, open the future.
1: and welcome to another edition of the Packaging Euro podcast. It's been another interesting and in many ways turbulent year for the packaging industry, with the ongoing sustainability debate being partly overshadowed by the curveball that has been the COVID-19 pandemic. Today we are looking at the plastics packaging perspective, and I'm very pleased to welcome Dr. Isabel Schmidt, who is the Managing Director at Industrie Industrievereinigung Kunststoffverpackungen, the German Association for Plastics Packaging and Films. We'll discuss ambitious recycled and recycling targets, the challenging recycling market, the plastics pact, bioplastics, the climate crisis, the effects of the pandemic and much more. Yes, um, thank you very much for being on the podcast today.
2: Thanks for the interview.
1: So um, to start off with, the European Strategy for Plastics has set a target to use 10 million tons of recycled plastics in the EU by 2025. This includes all plastics, not just packaging. In this context, IK has set itself the ambitious aim to reuse 1 million tons of plastic packaging. So uh, how far along is IK with this goal and what are the particular challenges here?
2: Yes, it's true that the plastics packaging producers in Germany have set themselves uh, the very ambitious target to use 1 million tons of recyclates and plastics packaging by 2025. um, Starting from... 400,000 tons uh, that we were using in 2017. This is pretty much in line with the goal of the European Commission to use 10 million tons of recyclates in plastic products. So it corresponds to approximately 22% of the production volume. And this year we have monitored progress. The amount of recycled materials used has increased by 75,000 tons or 18% compared to 2017. At the same time, the use of virgin plastic material has decreased by about 2%. So I think that's a very remarkable decoupling of trends. Well, it It still remains very challenging to meet our target until 2025 because it means that we have to triple, still have to triple the amount of post-consumer recyclers. And the challenges that we are facing here are that large parts of the plastic packaging market are for very sensitive goods. Around 44% is food packaging but also cosmetics, pharmaceuticals, and dangerous goods are very sensitive goods. And for those goods, we can only use raw materials of very high purity grades. So it's making it um, very challenging to use recyclates in certain applications. For other parts of the markets where we can use recyclates, the supply of large quantities and also consistent qualities is still a challenge and needs to be further developed through investments in the supply chain. Well, another barrier is also on the customer side. There's still a, a certain lack of acceptance, for instance, um, for more greyish colors. Um, that most recyclates are, uh, most recyclates are a bit more greyish um, than virgin plastics. Yeah, and uh, last but not least, recyclates also have to become more competitive to virgin plastics. That has become even more evident through the pandemic as virgin raw material prices have fallen due to the economic turndown.
1: And um, yes, you mentioned in, in your answer about particular challenges when using recyclates um, in plastic packaging. What are the particular challenges for, like, for example, the food and beverage industry? and also the um, the non-food industry. I guess they're sort of separate separate groups. And what innovations have you observed to um, overcome these challenges?
2: Well, for um, the food packaging industry, um, it is really challenging to use recyclets. Actually, you can only use recyclets coming from PET bottles. Otherwise, you need barriers. So that's one, one innovation to use barriers. So silicon oxide can be used um, as a barrier so that the food is not in direct contact um, to the recyclate. Otherwise, only recyclate coming from PT beverage bottles is um, allowed in direct contact to food yes and and for for other markets where where it's easier to use recyclates the main the main obstacles or the main barriers are still the supply of of large quantities and also of consistent qualities in in processing mm-hmm. so very high quality recyclates are scarce but also basically the Converters have to deal with inconsistent qualities and also with impaired aesthetics uh, like lack of transparency and machines often run slower, Uh, material efficiency is is decreasing. But we see a lot of innovation in packaging designs uh, with regard to uh, better recyclability, but also increased um, recycled content. Uh, for instance, we have multi-layer packaging uh, that is designed in a, in a way uh, that allows for recycling of all layers altogether. We see uh, um, pet juice bottles using silicon oxide instead of polyamide as a barrier against oxygen. We see paint buckets and bottles for household cleaners are uh, being developed. With a high content of recycled materials that, remains, that, that still remains attractive for the end users. However, these innovations aren't always successful on the market because they often cost more.
1: So you haven't observed um, a bigger uptake from consumers of this sort of in view of the recent plastics debate. So do you think maybe consumers sometimes say they want one thing, but then what they actually buy is a bit different?
2: Well, at the moment what sells best is actually the claim of uh, less plastics. And this is sometimes against recyclability because we see um, a big increase in paper-based laminates. So a combination of paper and plastics in such packaging is not recyclable, but it's advertised with the claim that it uses seventy or up to eighty percent less plastics, so that is a bit of a challenge because it's it's more difficult to advertise um, packaging that is recyclable or that uses recyclers. So this is clearly something that the um, that brand owners that the brand owners are, are working on. Um, our members are the producers of, of packaging. So, they sell to brand owners and um, brand owners then have to advertise these packaging on the market.
1: And you mentioned um, briefly as well that virgin plastics is currently very cheap and uh, that could be problematic for the recycled market. Uh, What steps would you say can be taken to counterbalance this or should be taken to counterbalance this?
2: Well, we need to... Increase economies of scale and profitability in the recycling market, clearly. So, for instance, we need um, harmonization and design for recycling. We need, um, in many European member states, we need better separate collection for recycling. Uh, we need to phase out landfill much quicker than commission is aiming and we we also need to incentivize financially so with market driven instruments we need to incentivize the use um, of recyclets and and design recyclable packaging design all this can really help to foster investments in the whole supply chain
1: and uh Would you say what measures does the German plastic packaging industry take to boost the collection of high value recycler as well as increasing the recycler share in plastics?
2: Well, we follow a twofold strategy. First of all, we support progress by better design of plastics packaging and by cooperation with the supply chain. The core competence of the packaging manufacturers is really the development of new packaging designs, with uh, the aim, um, A, of better recyclability and B, with the aim of a higher uptake of recycled materials. And that is why IK members have set themselves um, targets to increase recyclability of household packaging to 90% by 2025 and to use 1 million tons of recyclates also by 2025. We are also we have joined the Circular Plastics Alliance, which is an industry network that has been initiated by the commission in order to work together with the whole supply chain. And secondly, we are also um, engage in responsible lobbying with the aim of increasing separate collection for recycling and the profitability of the recycling market. As mentioned earlier, we... We are striving for a better separate collection and phasing out of landfilling because these are major loopholes um, for uh, in many EU member states, when Mm. these materials, they get lost because uh, they are not collected for recycling. We strive for harmonization through the development of European standards For instance, for design for recycling and uh, the quality of recyclates, this will increase economies of scale, um, making the recycling market more competitive. And we also support fair and market-based legal instruments like financial incentives in the context of extended producer responsibility schemes. What we are clearly against because it's against uh, the targets of of the circular economy, are national uh, plastic taxes Hmm. that are currently being introduced by some member states like Hmm. Italy, Spain, and the UK. That is really hindering investments in the circular economy because it's disrupting uh, the single market in the EU and it's causing uncertainty for, for companies. So, most of all, reliable framework conditions are needed to stimulate investments.
1: And uh, on that note, what are your thoughts on the EU Plastic Pact and its goals, such as package materials out for recycled materials and also twenty percent reduction of plastics by two thousand and twenty-five?
2: Well, the plastics pact is an initiative in which governments and private companies work together to achieve certain targets um, around recyclability, uptake of recyclates, and also plastics packaging reduction. In principle, we welcome it when organizations set themselves ambitious voluntary targets. But I must say that the reduction target leads in the wrong direction. Material savings are happening naturally on the market, driven by technological progress and by cost savings. Raw material costs are the greatest cost driver in the production of packaging. And since the early 90s, we have observed a decrease in weight by 25% in average. So now if we have reduction targets that go beyond this, we risk running counter to recyclability. And we could in particular encourage the further increase of non-recyclable Laminated paper packaging—you find them more and more on the market. And um, furthermore, the um, the target of the plastics pact—some uh, targets of the plastics pact might be feasible for some companies depending on their product range, but not for the plastics packaging market as a whole. I'm talking here about the 30% recycled content target by 20. 25 with a market share of about 44% for, um, for food packaging that is hmm. not realistic for the whole market and it's raising false expectations I'm afraid. So therefore we decided not to sign the plastics pact, stay with our, but we, but we work on our own
1: targets. And on a slightly different subject, um, I was wondering what your stance is on bioplastics in the widest sense of the world. Obviously, there's all sorts of different materials that might um, be classified as bioplastics. But um, yeah, what are your, your thoughts on that?
2: Yes, first, we have to distinguish between bio-based plastics, so plastics made uh, from sugarcane, starch, or other renewable resources and biodegradable plastics, hmm. but bo- both are not the same. We have standard polymers like polyethylene that uh, is made from plants instead of crude oil, but will not biodegrade in nature. They are so-called drop-in solutions and they can make sense because they can be recycled together with packaging waste. But obviously we have to carefully watch how uh, these plants are grown, where they are grown, etc. because here also we can have conflicts in land use and, and other, other issues. When it comes to biodegradable plastics, they do not make sense in the recycling bin hmm. because they hinder recycling. So biodegradable plastics, might make sense in very specific um, applications, for instance in agricultural films, where where actually it is really um, a benefit, where biodegradation is really um, a benefit.
1: And. Um... How would you say has um, the COVID-19 pandemic influenced attitudes towards plastic packaging? Has it influenced it in any way? And um, what role would you say has plastics played to help fight the pandemic?
2: Well, the actual functions of the packaging are coming back into consciousness. Um, First and foremost, of course, the role of packaging um, as a hygienic protection of food but also for securing supply chains, uh, for the safe application of pharmaceuticals, etc. In our modern societies, plastics packaging is essential for the supply with safe food, protective equipment, medicine, um, and other important products. So packaging production has been classified as system relevant by authorities and was not subject to the lockdown. It does not mean, of course, that the criticism has completely disappeared, but the benefits of packaging are seen again. And yeah, plastics packaging has also helped in many ways during the pandemic. First of all, it was, uh, there was an enormous demand for plastic bottles for sanitizer products. Also, plastic um, service packaging is indispensable for takeaway and delivery food, and that is helping many restaurants to survive the pandemic. Um, Not to forget that face masks and uh, protective suits for the medical staff, etc., are all made of plastics. It's not packaging as such, but it's uh, plastic films um, and fibers. And here, plastics have indeed uh, saved lives.
1: And uh, what would you say has the general impact of the COVID-19 pandemic been on your members? Would you say they've... um almost benefited from it or have they had their struggles as well?
2: Some struggles, some um, had benefits. It depends on, on the market that you're looking at. Uh, some uh, manufacturers of system relevant packaging for food, for pharmaceuticals and medical products, um, sanitizers, etc., they have reached capacity limits, um, especially in, in, in spring. But others, suppliers to the automotive industry and to restaurants, canteens, etc., uh, they were confronted with a significant slump in demand. Hmm. So it really depends on the segment. But our members in the industrial uh, sector, especially in the automotive um, sector, they are reporting a, a recovery.
1: Have you noticed at all a bigger focus on um, the subject of CO2 emissions when it comes to the plastic packaging debate? Because um, obviously the climate crisis is getting more to the forefront of the whole sustainability debate these days. Is that something you've noticed?
2: Really yet. Also, I I would really um, wish for it. I would really appreciate if avoidance of CO2 was given greater attention mm-hmm. instead of avoidance of plastics for its own sake. So no packaging material is CO2 neutral, but packaging also helps reducing the calm footprint of the packed product by avoiding spoilage. And CO2 would be a great driver towards more sustainable packaging. Um, it would be a market. Based legal instrument uh, that would enable fair competition on the market, fair competition for the best solution. So, I would really wish that CO2 uh, emissions were would have a greater would be given greater attention instead of avoidance of packaging.
1: And uh, yeah, I'm going to end with a slightly uh, controversial question. Um, what would you say about the criticism that plastic packaging can be kind of an enabler of some unsustainable consumption for the sake of convenience? For example, um, I've seen as like a single boiled egg in a plastic bag. Uh, instances where you think mm, that's probably not. Strictly speaking, necessary, really.
2: (laughs) Well, there are always applications where I also wonder uh, who buys that, actually. (laughs) But plastics packaging, in the first place, is an enabler of sustainable consumption because it uh, protects fruit from spoilage and it serves many other uh, functions like safe use and dosage of medicine, of household cleaners, etc. There may be unsustainable consumption styles that are mainly caused by trends in modern lives like increased mobility and lack of time for the preparation of of fresh food at home, even boiling an egg (laughs) for some seems to be um, difficult. Well, but there's no no general answer to the question whether a product is actually uh, really needed and necessary. Uh, Do we need a pre-cut salad, for instance? Well, ask that question to someone who lacks of time because he or she uh, wants to use uh, time for his child or her child alongside work mm. convenience in in this case means saving time and it's difficult to judge people um, that are using certain products um, for the reason of, of of saving time in their in their packed lives and <laughs> Lifestyles will not change and the environmental impacts will not become any better if, for instance, aluminum or coated paper was used instead of plastics. I think instead we need to better collect and recycle packaging, especially also in public spaces. And plastics packaging can even be a great solution for some of these trends as um, they can facilitate the reuse of, of packaging, especially in the fields of on-the-go consumption and home delivery. Their um, plastics packaging, reusable plastic packaging in these areas can uh, substitute um, single-use um, cardboard packaging, for instance.
1: Yes, it's definitely good to bear in mind that it's best to use the packaging material that is best suited for the job it has to do. And more and better collection and recycling is definitely an important challenge that needs more work across the industry. Uh, So, yeah, thank you very much for being on the podcast today, Isabel. And thank you for an interesting conversation.
2: Thanks for the interesting questions and the opportunity to talk about plastics packaging.
1: Thank you. And thank you very much also to our listeners for tuning in. We have a new podcast coming out every month, so make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out.
0: Are you looking for sustainable, optimized packaging solutions? At Smurfit Kappa, we use our global experience and local knowledge to provide fit-for-purpose packaging solutions for the most complex supply chains. From packaging design to machine systems, we're a fully integrated packaging provider. We can work with you to minimize operational complexity and help you move to sustainable packaging. Contact us at smurfitkappa.com. Smurfitkappa, open the future.